Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. All right, so we have Josh Lyles here of Sales Dash CRM. Going to get to know you a little more deeply today. Uh, let's start from the beginning. Tell us, where did you grow up? Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Abraham. So my name's Josh. I grew up in Marietta, Georgia, just north of the city of Atlanta, pretty much my whole life. Come from a multiracial background, fortunate to go to a really strong high school that helped prep me going into college. And my first college that I went to was Augusta State University. It's now called Augusta University after they've changed the name about three times. Walked on the basketball team there for a semester, ended up just not going well. It was a really good transition period for me, though. Moved back home to Atlanta and then ended up getting my degree at Georgia State in marketing, you know, transition between a couple jobs and been in Nashville now for about two years. So that's cool because now we're in the same city, right? Able to connect. Absolutely. So tell us about your tech background specifically. Uh, you launched this software company, but kind of what are your earliest experiences with tech? I started building an appetite for tech, I would say, when I started visiting some of the different startup hubs in Atlanta, in particular Switchyards, which is really close to the camp for Georgia State downtown in Atlanta. It's a B2C startup hub that's there. I met a couple people, started working on a project with them, started going to a lot of their events. I mean, it was just a buzzing community. It was always really fun, you know, just to be around that, see a lot of the builders, creators, and even how well some of the companies are doing today, you know, that I remember in their early days. From there, I ended up actually starting my own website, which is part of the reason I actually did want to get out of Augusta and come back to Atlanta. But I started my own website for unsigned music artist. And we actually got over a thousand signups, but I just never monetized it. It just became one of those things where I just like wasn't fully, fully sold on like this being something that I wanted to do long term. So my next actual tech transition was at Tesla with electric vehicle technology. I was with them for three years. And then after two years is when I moved to Nashville for a promotion with Tesla to be the store manager for their location in Brentwood, which was really a unique experience because it's their only sales location in Tennessee. After about an additional year with them here, I transitioned over to Keep Trucking. And what they do is basically just provide hardware and software for fleets and transportation just for safety compliance those kinds of different things. But for them, I manage a sales team in freight. And after that, that's when I started Sales Dash as a CRM solution for small businesses. So we're just now trying to take off here. Nice. So deeply rooted in the sales game. And what a great start to your tech career working at Tesla, learning about electrical cars. That's cool. I can kind of see a little bit of the connection, but walk us through what is Sales Dash CRM and from where did the idea originate? Like, where did it come from mm -hmm. to your sales background? But what made you decide the world needed another CRM product? <laughs> right. Especially something that it's a really saturated market. And everybody's told me, why are you doing that? At the end of the day, simplicity is our differentiator as a CRM. That can be tough to explain because yet yeah, you kind of have to touch, feel and actually see it. But it really, really is simple. I would say the design is definitely unique with our dashboard. Essentially, that we're just trying to have easy user workflows for the main core behavior that I think drives sales, which is at the end of the day, it's communication with your customers, right? All the activities, the calls, texts, emails, meetings, all those things. I mean, at the end of the day, like, that is the main behavior that you need for a CRM to work for you because when you're in sales, that is how you make sales is by talking with your customers. You know, from my experience, it was just a lot of people had trouble adopting to the CRMs of where do I start, right? Like when you first jump into it, like where do you start? And the answer should be, you should be starting with your tasks. Who are you going to be calling first? Or who are you following up with for an email first? Look, draw it out on paper, like design it. How would I actually want this to look if I was a sales rep? But I've also got sales management experience. Just knowing that a lot of sales reps had a lot of trouble understanding it. Because I just honestly spent some hours just to try to figure it out. Because I'm like, look, if I'm going to be living in this thing, 
as a salesperson, and this is a big tool to help drive my business, being in sales is unique because it, it truly is almost like running your own business to a certain extent. And I think all salespeople should look at it that way. The idea originated from just wanting to take more control of my life. I wanted to start my own company. I'd always told people it was my, it was my end goal. I just wanted to wait until I found something I was passionate about and, and just enjoyed doing. And the question's always like, well, what is that? And it's like, well, I need to figure that out. So just locked myself in a coffee shop for brainstorming. Just took basically a lot of time to figure out. And, I, and the question that I asked myself was, what made me a, a successful sales advisor and what made me a successful sales manager in multiple different industries? I think CRM software was what it was, to be honest. Like I spent a good amount of time coaching my reps in it. If you can build the right disciplines and behaviors, you get to focus a lot more on offense than you are on defense with all the admin stuff and all those kinds of different things. So that's really where it originated from. I mean, it was at, I was at a Starbucks just one weekend and I was like, I'm not leaving here until I figure out a few ideas. But once I figured out like this is something that was potentially achievable, I just took time to do market research over the next you know, one to two months from there and then trying to build my network of developers and engineers. Started building. That coffee shop, brilliant. Now we want to uh, get under the hood a little bit, although I guess if you pop open the hood of a Tesla, there might not be a whole lot <laughs> underneath there, but for sales stash, CRM, what is your technical solution? Like you mentioned the simplicity component, you mentioned kind of how right. you do things differently, but what is that technical solution you're you're using to solve this problem of of complexity that people are having to deal with in the space right now. Well, it's a cloud-based solution. So any business that signs up, they essentially get their own subdomain, their own URL for their organization to log into, you know, just from any web browser. It's also available on a mobile web browser. We don't have a mobile app yet, but you can still access your client information, your activities, you know, from your, your notes and your history, as well as even logging new notes and all those kinds of different things, adding new contacts. You can do all of that to also add, remove specific users as turnover is a, a real thing in business. At the end of the day, we're still super early. So we don't have any integrations right now. A lot of it is just task management, pipeline management. And I also wanted to implement targets because I think accountability is one of the biggest pieces in sales that can fall by the wayside to a certain extent. Like we all set goals, but is there any actual like merit behind like, an activity goal, right? Like, hey, you need to log 50 calls. Like, have we done any like type of sales math type equation based off, let's just say my close rate to actually get to that specific number? Like, how can you play a little bit smarter? So we've got some ideas to fill that out a little bit better to be able to set reminders to log notes from calls. I'm a obsessive note taker. You know, I've been trying to network with as many people just being a startup founder myself, just trying to be scrappy. And I think taking notes from all those conversations just to remember even some of the smallest details, because some of the smallest details in sales and relationships can go the longest way in trying to build and develop a relationship. We wanted to make sure note taking was something that was really, really easy to see in our design for our account deal contact pages for whatever you may be operating in within our CRM at Sales Dash. And then also to, while in the same screen, like being able to log your next activity for your next call, because you're always keeping that relationship going and, you know, some type of contact cadence. So you're matching the relationship with the math coming out with some activities and to-dos. When you're communicating with other people, how did you like convince, if you will, your stakeholders that people would use your product over other people's product. Like when you're discussing this with people who are on board, they're backing you, how right. did you prove to them that customers were going to use Sales Dash? For the company itself, currently right now, I do own 100% of the company and I don't have a co-founder. I have two developers, one that's front end, one that's back end. That's the structure of my team. And I've got two awesome, awesome developers. I think in talking with people starting off when I was actually drawing the designs, I'm a non-technical founder. I don't code. I'm also a pretty firm believer that do what you do best and always pull that lever. So sales and marketing and branding are what I enjoy, love, 
and love doing. So for me, it was, hey, go find the people that like, this is what they do. You know, they develop, they code, they engineer, et cetera. I think starting off, like when I was actually drawing my designs out on paper with my chicken scratch, I basically just sent over pictures to some of the most trusted sales leaders and some of the top salespeople that I knew that I had worked alongside of or just knew in my network to get feedback of like, hey, what do you see? Like, I'm not even going to ask anything. Like, what do you see? Like, where would you think you would start? And it's tough because it was just like multicolored Sharpies. And I still have some of the pictures. It's pretty um, hilarious. But from there, getting a web designer that I found online to basically make it digital. And that's what made it easier for me to actually communicate that with the developers in terms of what the heck am I actually trying to build here? Because it can be tough. You know, there, there sometimes can almost be like a language barrier just in how they think things get built versus like somebody, you know, like me that just looks at it very, very simply and easily. So that's, that was actually a really, really good experience for me to go through to become a little bit more technical because it is tough. You have to think about every single click and what happens or for every single page and every little uh, action. I think in talking with a lot of people, it's the experience of knowing that people struggle using CRM. So some of it can just be from their own frustrating experiences with CRM. Some of it is just from discovery and problem solving for their CRM needs. While we're in the early stages of development, reaching out to who I thought would be like an ideal type early client, a new realtor, for example, just got their license, probably going to be using pen and paper spreadsheets to manage their clients, like getting them something that's an easy tool for them to use. So that way they can start their business off, hopefully early, early on to actually scale it well and to actually build an effective customer base because year one can definitely go by quick because you're scrapping and trying to build a book of business. Um, so somebody like that would be super ideal. Again, that's like using spreadsheets, getting them out of spreadsheets to really build a stronger foundation of their actual client database. I'm going to merge sort of two questions into one since you touched on this. Sure. If you could just speak a little bit more about your decision to not bring on a co-founder, because a lot of people say yeah. multiple co-founders, easier to kind of back and get behind. It's de-risked a little bit. Talk to you about the thinking there and then kind of lead into who are your best customers? I think in regards to getting a co-founder, it was really one of those situations where I was, I just wanted to just build. I didn't want to take the time. And realistically, again, like early on, I just didn't have the best network of developers and engineers. I knew plenty of people in sales, plenty of people in ops and marketing or like whatever the case may be. But there was even people in my network when I was actually like searching through my LinkedIn connections of who was a software software developer engineer like I had no idea some of these people were but lo and behold it's like cool like there's a software developer hey I need you know I need to chat with you about what you've been able to do so that's, a, that's truly where I started but then from there it was just it was just built and I think by not having that person it's really really tough because yeah you got to get somebody that's just totally bought in on what you're trying to do and achieve and everybody thinks they have the best idea and I told that for even the two developers I have now I was like look I know everybody's going to tell you that their idea is the best idea in the world and nobody wants to tell their baby's ugly or by any means. But, you know, I, for me, it was actually talking with enough developers, I guess, to basically also say, hey, like, I'm going to send you some resources on the CRM market, how big it is, you know, within the software space, the market shares with some of the top competitors, where it's actually growing by 2025. And then it was also take a look at our concept. And honestly, just go take a look at what's out there in the market and really see what you think. I think that was one of the biggest things that I kind of always pushed for. So for me, it was just action. That's really what it was. I don't want to have to like hard pitch somebody to come on board with me like that's in my opinion that's not the right thing like you should be knocking on the door and be like i really really want to be a part of this you know like i think that's those are the right people to bring on and then in regards to the best customers i think it's the customers that actually understand that just having less features can actually make them more effective it's really really easy for people to just say well do you have this do you also have this do you also have this but then when you also think about it right from a daily aspect when you have all those things and you're asking to do all those things what is that also doing it's taking up your time and you're also not selling right so I think like the founders and the salespeople that are hustling to go outbound, find sales, 
those kinds of different things. Like those are the people that are going to be really the best customers, especially in the early days as we just really start small business, small scale. That's good insight on the co-founder tip. If you're, it sounds like uh, if you're interested in sales dash, feel free to reach out to Josh because <laughs> he wants some people with alacrity on the team, but that, that's hey, you never know. It's good insight into, you know, how you can go from zero to one and, and get to it. Now the thing is built and I'm insanely curious about your answer to this next question, given how much we've been discussing simplicity and kind of just peeling it back to first principles. Uh, so let's say you got a million dollars in funding right now, and this could come, yeah. uh, you know, it's more likely than you think. I remember there's a story about a religious figure kind of up in the pulpit giving uh, their sermon. And they're like, you know, this is what I would do with a million dollars. And there was somebody in the audience who actually was like, I like that answer and gave them a million dollars. So that may or may not happen to you here. But if right. you had a million, no strings attached, uh, how would you divvy up that currency, that money? People. I'm a firm believer that great companies are great companies because of the people within the organization. Tesla is a great example, and I'm glad I was a part of it. Here's the deal, they've been selling cars for 10 years, where others have been selling cars for over 100 years, and they're now far and beyond the most valuable automaker in a very, very quick period of time. But to me, it is because of the talent that they have and the dedication to the mission of their people. And the people at Tesla are special. And, and being in that environment for three years, as well as at Keep Trucking, that I believe will help me succeed at Sales Dash from going through that, and, and I think having a good understanding of that. So. If I did have the funding, yeah, it, it would strictly be building the right team, finding the right people. That's a solid answer. Uh, people should make you money and, and make your business better. They shouldn't cost you anything. So that's that's a really solid answer and a very simple one. Simple yet poignant. Uh, hey, that's what I. That's truly what I would use it for. Nice. So uh, speaking of uh, you know kind of your perspective and advice. Uh, what is the most profitable piece of advice that you've received since you first started building your MVP? So you've uh, you've talked to a lot of people. People are coming to your life at various points. But what's the most profitable piece of advice that you've received since you first started building your MVP? Let your customers help you build the product. I myself have never started a software company, so had some learning experiences in the first couple months of development. Taught me a lot quickly. You can get caught up in brainstorming, you know, trying to execute perfectly. But the reality is. A workflow or process will never be perfect for everyone, you know, for every customer, every business, every salesperson, whatever. And while me and my devs, you know, we may think we're right on how this should be executed and we can spend all that time like trying to really, really perfect it. I would like the customer to tell us we're right. So let's build a solid framework or an easy way that we think is achievable for this. Always asking ourselves the question of, what is the actual easiest user experience? And I will always flip that question back to them if they ask me like uh, on a specific workflow, building a wireframe, like whatever the case may be. It's always it's always like what makes it just easier to do. And if that takes more time to do it, hey, that's the best solution for us because that's going to be what helps us out in the long term. And we're not we're not here for just like quick short term wins. Clearly, you are trying to change the game. Can already see it. We want to dig in a little bit on your business model ish. Sure. Uh, this next question is, is really how do you make money? And I've come on board that you make it super easy to do this sort of the free trial. I noticed that if you are a smaller business or company or even an individual who wants to link up with Sales Dash, you can do it. But you're also offering some enterprise level solutions as well. So mm -hmm. how does Sales Dash CRM make money? Pretty simple, just like most CRMs, just from subscription based model where you can get on a monthly plan per user or on an annual plan per user, which will 
Right now we have it saving 20% if you go on an annual plan. We're going to be building out like a more thorough implementation and onboarding process for small businesses to give them a much more like hands-on experience to basically make it more custom built. Our customizing features, I think, are one of our most value added features to be able to build out, you know, the right custom fields, the right custom groups, customizing your dashboard, your sales funnel, those kinds of different things. And I always, always challenge customers to make sure you're as thorough as possible on this from the jump. It doesn't really take that long to actually build out in our platform and some other CRMs, especially at an enterprise level, can take anywhere from 11 to 24 weeks to finish something like this out. Yeah. (laughs) For us, it's, hey, how do we, again, for a small business, try to make this within a matter of hours, but again, still make sure that we're guiding the customer in a consultative way to build it out for them to actually scale and grow their business if they actually have dreams and aspirations to do that, which most do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've been growing. I mean, you have users. So I'm sure you're getting some quality feedback from folks who you've made their life a lot easier. We want to jump on a different train now, especially since kind of apropos, we're in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, which is in many ways the music capital of the country. Uh, But it doesn't have to be music. It could be, uh, you know, other creatives that have come Mm -hmm. into your life at various points. We want to know from you directly, Josh, which artists most inspires the work that you do. It could be the way that you navigate life. It could be your approach to the business. But where are you tapping in when it comes to that muse? Like who is giving you the energy you need to stay at that high energy level? By far, J. Cole. One of the things, I I mean, I've been following J. Cole since he's been, you know, trying to come up and whatnot, you know, trying to get the deal with Jay-Z and all those things. But I think in, in connection with sales, the one thing he's just very good at is storytelling. And storytelling is very, very important in sales. He signed to Jay-Z and Jay-Z is also one of those guys as well. I think he teaches, first of all, he is an actual business. And I think it's incredible with the different areas he's been able to tap in, but also the people that he's been able to actually bring up, especially in the black community, which is, it's very admirable. I mean, he teaches like really, really simple things, right? Like even in a song like Moment of Clarity, I dumbed down my, you know, for my audience, double my dollars, like something as simple as that. It's so, so true. Like copywriting and marketing is something that I've just become so interested in building this business because typically, you know, in the sales that I've been in, it's, it's, it's just been a lot of either, you know, at Tesla was a lot of in-person at Keep Trucking. It was, you know, a lot of outbound dialing over the phone. And this has been interesting because you got to do the social media posting. You got to do the website copy, you know, just basically everything, right? Emails, all those kinds of different things. And so just some of those simple lessons. But if there's two artists, I would say it's probably those two. And I just love listening to them. And then, I mean, outside of that, somebody that inspires me is definitely Elon Musk, like who's not really inspired by him. In my opinion, he's just by far the most effective problem solver. I mean, that's how he approaches every situation. How do you solve problems? I think that was one of the things that I always tried to model that in how I approach sales leadership as like a sales manager and a sales coach, because as a sales manager, in my opinion, I think the most effective ones are always solving problems to open up the time for their salespeople to sell more, to be on the phone and talk with their customer, to, you know, do go do more visits or, you know, whatever the case is, right? Just logging more activity, having more communication, being more effective versus just being like, hey, you're only at 60% to target and it's, it's January 24th right now. What's going on? Right? Like that doesn't do anything. You know, you're trying to help them build better, you know, just daily behaviors and disciplines. And so, yeah, the problem solving piece, I mean, that's what the best businesses do. They're solving problems for customers, providing them with the solution. I definitely look up to Elon in that way. Nice. You got a little lyrical answer there as well. Uh, I like the fact that you tied in uh, your former boss. That's super cool. Yes, sir. Um, Now let's go back in history a little bit. Well, at least in your thinking and how you prepare for this next, uh, this next back and forth. 
Mm-hmm. In what ways does your background make it easier for you to succeed? You, you told us kind of where you grew up, how you grew up a little bit. We know it's hard. We know there are obstacles. We know it's not easy for you for a variety of reasons. But in what ways does your background make it easier for you to get a taste of success? I mean, I'm lucky because I have two parents that were great role models for me growing up. You know, they let me make my own decisions, learn from my mistakes, you know, make sure I was I was surrounded in the right environment pretty much at all times. I also have two older siblings that I look up to, very intelligent, down-to-earth, driven, motivated, and also being multiracial, I look as an advantage because I think you're a lot more open to understanding everybody's world to a certain extent. You know, I think that's really important in understanding perspective. And that's something that, especially even 2020 um, from last year, I think having more openness with perspective it was something I was kind of stronger about. And then, I mean, outside of that, growing up, I was just a sports fanatic. Like, I was very obsessed with sports. I mean, that's pretty much all I did. I, I started off playing baseball. I played tennis, got into basketball. Basketball became pretty much just my number one love. And, you know, I didn't get into trouble. I was an introvert. I really didn't talk too much. I was just honestly a listener and an observer. And I think that helped me out because I was just like, I don't want to just open my mouth for for no reason. You know, just a little bit more shy growing up. Getting into sales was good. And it was really, really interesting, man, because I remember like one specific conversation. I was actually working at LA Fitness one day and my manager just, he's the one that kind of kicked it off. And this is when I started like trying to figure this out. But he's like, you really need to get into sales. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I never understood that, right? Because I don't, I wasn't really open. I didn't really talk too much. But what I found was, is that when I do get passionate about something, it just like, kind of naturally comes out in my energy. And I started to really, really, you know, notice that, especially as I got, you know, at, when I started working at New Balance, saw all my friends on wearing New Balances. And it was funny because like being in Atlanta, you, you know, if you were typically wearing New Balances growing up, you were definitely getting roasted for wearing some New Balances. In Atlanta, at least, you know, I know it's different, like the DMV area, they love New Balances, but in Atlanta, it was a different situation. Like you needed Nikes or Adidas. Uh, (laughs) And coming from, I guess, sports is like hating to lose. Having that feeling, I think, is sort of good to a certain extent, because I'm always just trying to figure out, like, if I do necessarily like have loss, like, what do I improve next time to, you know, make it the win? So I do look at losses as lessons. Hey, you got to put yourself in the position to have that result, right? Of a win or a loss versus just doing the reading or observing like all that kind of stuff like you gotta you gotta put yourself on the field and in the game so i think that's one of the approaches that you know i've been wanting to take and it goes back to again like not having the co-founder situation it's hey no like go get in the game even if they're not there it's all good by the way your georgia is showing right now but that leads us into into the next question how does being from the atlanta metro area give you an advantage here in nashville and if you could just you know, introduce folks to kind of like uh, the Nashville tech startup scene that, that you decided to join and that you're actively right. involved in. I think being from Atlanta, you know, hopping around from the different incubators and startup hubs, a lot of it is just from like building the buzz, building the community, getting the people that are in that same space or going through a similar experience as you, bringing them together. You know, I think one of the things that we did discuss yesterday is Atlanta was really, in COVID, obviously puts a dent on this because we can't just do like the big open events. You can't shake hands with a ton of people right now, be face to face. Zoom does kind of help us out to a certain extent because it is really easy access to hop, you know, be able to hop on a Zoom, even though it's not quite as effective, I think, uh, as obviously the in-person can be. I just think they did a really good job of building community and also making sure like you knew exactly 
what kind of communities you needed to be a part of. One, we all need to like come together to a certain extent, not a competition type piece. It's we're Nashville, we're one. I think that's first and foremost, like what's most important is to take that sort of approach. But two, it's to bark, it's to make some noise, you know, like let people know what we're doing and bring, you know, come together because I want to be surrounded by and to talk with on a weekly bi-weekly basis, more founders in the Nashville area that are going through something somewhere to me. Anybody that's like founded a company early on, it is a very, very lonely experience, especially without a co-founder. It's a very, very lonely experience. And it's tough to, you know, have the conversations with those people that aren't going through the same thing, right? And you can have a really long conversation and learn a lot from the other people that are going through the experiences. And I think that's so important for the success uh, to try to grow in your company, you know, is to be surrounded by those people. So I think that's just where we need to start, right? Like we need to keep putting events together. We need to keep introducing people to one another, building that community and creating more buzz. And we'll get there. Nashville is an awesome city. It's booming. It's growing. People love visiting here when they do come here. I never had even visited before I moved here. I just heard all positive things from almost like 10 people when I, you know, Tesla was moving me up here. I was like, great, let's pack up my stuff and I'll get up there within two weeks and made it happen. And, and I love it here. I don't want to leave right now. I do want this to be my home base. Nice. Okay. Here to stay. Brilliant. Yes, sir. Uh, speaking of big decisions, big moves, big shifts, big changes, name a pivot that you think saved your career. It's when I came back from Augusta to Atlanta. I was at my low point from a confidence standpoint because basketball, again, was my number one passion. And I was just horrible. Like I dreaded going to practice. I was losing all my confidence. And when you lose your confidence in the mental game, like you're not going to perform well at all. So I was just, I was just in my head. And I think coming back, you know, I was, I was shooting in a gym by myself one day and I'm just, I'm just like reflecting on the situation. Right. And I'm like, what just went wrong? And I think it was just from almost like a lack of preparation, but then it was, Hey, like, how do you strengthen yourself mentally? Right. Like, how do you have the right people in your ear? Like making sure you're reading and consuming the right, the right things, all that kind of stuff, having the right perspective. So that was honestly, I think like what was the biggest change for me from a confidence standpoint, because nobody's just going to hand anything to you. You know, I, I figured that out, like being a walk-on was tough. Like uh, it was really, really cool to honestly even just get that opportunity. Like I'm grateful for it. Granted, I was only on for a semester, but also kind of having the awareness to basically say, Hey, you know, my best potential opportunity here's to go overseas. I'm going to have to just bust my tail for that. And, and it was just something that I was like, I need to be realistic with myself. And I had a really good, like second older brother to a certain extent in Augusta and name is Chris and I'm still in touch with him to this day. And he did a really good job of sort of getting me to understand how marketing can relate a lot with sales and business, understanding branding a bit more, those kinds of different things. You know, I became super, super interested in it and was just wanted to, to get in that space. Shout out to Chris and your older brother for being there when you needed them to be. But which other communities or which communities have been the most helpful in growing your brand, particularly at Sales Dash, right? Like who right. has been like a staple in the community who's been able to support you and, and just describe sort of what you're looking for in a community to elevate uh, you and sales dash. Easily my friends and family, first and foremost, from just being supportive of taking a risk and trying something. I'm really, really lucky to have a really good circle of people that, that do have my back and, and do support and motivate me and actually believe in me. I, I think that's super important for anybody. And not everybody has that. And I'm extremely grateful for it. So I don't lose sight of that. Um, and, you know, social media is a big way to connect with and stay in touch with those people, keep them updated as to what, what in the world's going on with your life. LinkedIn, that is where people are talking business and, you know, been really, really focused on trying to do that. And I, I started marketing our brand, you know, three, four months prior to launch just to get our face out there, I guess you could say to a certain extent to let people know, you know, we're on the way and just start driving some conversations too, right? Like 
getting the people asked like why we're starting this or like, and what they may be looking for if they're actually interested in the CRM, those kinds of different things. But branding is really, really important. I think there's actually a big opportunity in the CRM space for branding. It's not necessarily something that you can build metrics for, I think. But I think from hearing how people actually make decisions as to, okay, if they went with the CRM, why? I think that's been something that I've, I've been able to sort of realize. So that's been helpful. And I started working out of the Entrepreneur Center here in Nashville two weeks ago, and it's been helpful. You know, Zap's the program manager over there. She's been awesome of kind of getting me plugged in with all the different events and the action that's going on there, trying to make sure that I am networking a bit more with that and just meeting some of the different people that are, you know, building their startups out of that community. And, you know, now it's it's to try to figure out, cool, what other communities are, are here in Nashville that I can be a part of. So it's just stepping into that space more now that our product's a real thing, people can actually use it on a day in a day out basis. But those have kind of been the, the first few that have really helped out. Very nice. Uh, and what an industry you've chosen. I mean, sales is a kajillion dollar industry. If you can get a small <laughs> bite of it, there's going to be a lot of good that you do for the planet. And if you get big enough, you might hit this question in, in real life. But we're going to ask you now early on, and we can come back when this comes to fruition. Uh, but do you want to run a billion dollar company? Why or why not? And the why or why not is something that we're particularly interested in the thought process behind this decision? <clears throat> Answer would be yes. I'm definitely in this for the long run. Like I, again, I enjoy doing what I do. I do it every single day, morning through night, weekends. And I just, I could talk about it all day. I, I thoroughly enjoy what I do. I love connecting with the businesses, talking sales strategy, process, how to effectively build relationships, those things. And try, how do you just try to make people's life easier in that regard? Honestly, like I think it's achievable because others have done it. But the biggest thing that I really want to do is honestly, like, I want to provide jobs. I want to be able to provide jobs for people to obviously support their families, being able to have people be a part of a really motivating environment. That's obviously still going to be challenging. And this is going to be a, a you know quite the challenging task. And if we have the right people to grow the company, like we're going to get to that point. And I think it can also be beyond and some people are going to say that that is very uh, ambitious and all all the above. But at the end of the day, like you got to dream big. And I, I don't think you can, you don't want to put a ceiling on yourself. You, you got to take it day by day. But I've been a part of two high growth companies and have seen them scale to multiple billions. I feel like I've learned a lot of the things and have built a good foundation to figure out, you know, how we can get to that point. And I'm lucky to also have the right people in my network that have been big movers at those companies to help make that possible as well. So we're going for it. I mean, if you've seen it, the pathway, everybody is different, but you know, it helps to see it done. We've discussed our app launch parties, like when we first linked up and I told you sort of the, the story and the genesis uh, of that whole concept. And if you'll Remember, uh, sort of at the end, there's a Q&A portion where after mm -hmm. we have sufficiently built up the momentum for the founder and they deliver their dynamic speech to the audience, there's a Q&A session where it ranges. I mean, there are people who, you know, they probably, you know, a friend brought them and they didn't even know what the event was for, who it was for, asking questions all the way to folks who have been in the venture capital arena uh, for, for years, who were raising funds and the like. Uh, but for you, you raise your hand, you get called on. Which question are you asking of the founder or founders at this app launch party? That's a great question. I'm going to ask them why they do what they do. That's always what I'm curious to know. You know, what drives people to actually build a company and what made them actually get into the space that they're in? It's always an interesting answer to hear their stories. And I think also sometimes with those answers, you can really figure out like, hey, is that a company that I'd be interested in investing in or, you know, whatever the case may be. That is very, very important. Get right to the chase. Why are you here? Love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this last question, well, the last 
official question. Surprisingly, we've made it through quite a few of these questions right now, kind of blew through them. Although the information you were delivering was very insightful, man. It's very good. I feel like we've got a chance to learn you and Sales Dash a lot more. And if you're listening to this right now and you need some help on the CRM or really just managing relationships in general, if you got a spreadsheet or notes, your contacts and your phone, Go to Sales Dash CRM and look it up. Like it, it will improve what you're doing right now. I actually switched over from a different CRM and I'm looking forward to digging in uh, a little more on the product because I certainly need some more simplicity in my life. Uh, but the last 100%. question for you, uh, Mr. Lyles, is what's the most valuable thing that you do for your customers? Providing them with thoughtful questions of why they do things the way that they do them. You know, how could they actually be more efficient? Is this something that they've actually thought about? I typically find in a lot of my discovery conversations are really just the demos, right? If we're doing a walkthrough of our platform and then I'm asking them if there's certain things that in this space, like if it's a sales funnel, do you manage a pipeline right now? What kind of capture information do you capture whenever you're like in a discovery conversation to learn about somebody's business or their problems or whatnot, right? What do you need to understand? Like what is going to be the story of that customer? So that way, when you type them in sales dash and like you pull them up to access their information, you got a quick story. You remember who they are. When you go into that next conversation, you have all the context that you need uh, to deliver the best client experience. So I do think a lot of it is is from the demos. And for anybody listening, I would I would love for anybody to schedule a demo at sales-crm.com. I love showing the product. I love getting feedback. The more hard feedback, the better. We're trying to improve this and are starving for that kind of feedback to improve it as much as we can. If there's something that's going to make it easier for you, it's going to make it easier for others. I mean, that's the way that we approach this. And it's always great to have those conversations. But I mean, outside of that, it's just making sure that we deliver on what we say of trying to provide them with it, just an easy to use, simple tool that's going to help them manage their tasks, access their client information easier, manage a pipeline, collect the right information and build the right database for them to actually scale their sales operations if they're trying to actually grow their teams and grow their business and revenue. So that would definitely be the, uh, I think, where, where we're trying to provide the value. Powerful. Uh, it's been a great and thank you for coming on board. Uh, this has been a very jam-packed podcast, to be honest with you. And I'm glad that we were able to see kind of your trajectory and how you've ended up here in the Nashville scene. Looking forward to seeing more of what you do and building out this community with you here. Uh, you kind of slid into our bonus question a little bit, but just repeat for the people listening right now, if you uh, want to get in touch with Josh Lyles or Sales-CRM, what is the best way that people can find you, follow you, seek you out, develop a relationship with you uh, if they've listened to what you said today and said, hey, I want to be a part of that or I want to get to know Josh better? Yeah, absolutely. So go to our website again, sales-crm.com. If you schedule a demo right now, that's going to go on my calendar. That's going to be one of the ways you can add me on LinkedIn, Josh Lyles, L-Y-L-E-S. Uh, and also feel free to just reach out to me directly on Twitter at J-A Lyles. So those are three easy ways to pretty much just get access. And again, you know, whether it's talking CRM, sales, startups, entrepreneurship, whatever the case may be, I'm always I'm always happy to engage in those conversations with any and everybody, and especially within the Nashville community. You know, I'm definitely excited, Abraham, to have gotten a chance to, to link up with you and to, you know, again, have the time to, to go through some of these questions and share the information about what we're doing. And, you know, definitely appreciate you for, for putting all this together and, you know, sharing the stories of, you know, what people like myself are doing. And, you know, again, these things are really, really important just for Nashville in general too, to, to grow the community. So let's keep doing it together. Well, I appreciate that. Those are very kind words. You heard it here, Josh, uh, reach out to him. Like if you need this product or you just want the demo to see what it can do for you, 
sign up for it. Like follow and support the folks who are giving their time and energy to solve problems for people and listeners like you. Josh, it has been a pleasure. And with that, we will bid you adieu until the next time you're either on the show or we link up. Thanks for having me, brother. Until next time. See you soon. Thanks for joining this week on Diverse Tech Founders with Abraham J. Williamson. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. You can do it right now. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Thanks again.